This podcast is a production of Faith Living Church. If you like what you hear, join us for church sometime in our Plantsville, Connecticut location, Saturdays, 6 p.m. or Sundays, 9 and 11 a.m. or online anytime at faithlivingchurch.com. Let me read you a verse that is so relevant for us today, okay? It's found in Deuteronomy chapter 2, verse 7, and it says, For the Lord your God, and you know my theme is... It's, it's really, when we're talking about this, is, is keys to unlocking the, the blessings of God. This is, it says, for the Lord your God has blessed you in everything. Now, what percentage is everything? 100%. For the Lord your God has blessed you in everything, 100%, everything you have done. He has watched your every step through this great wilderness. During these 40 years. It's, it's, it's relevant to Susan and I. The Lord your God has been with you and you have lacked nothing. And it says that in the Bible. And it's just like it jumped off the page at Susan and I. It's like, I've been with you these 40 years. During these 40 years, you know, you've not lacked anything. And I've been with you. And how true is that? Is that true, dear? He is, God has been so faithful to allow us. A lot of pastors in different denominations, they get moved around every three years. Another denomination gets moved around every four years. There's no one that gets around, moved around. The pastors are having, having to move every seven years. But due to the fact that we started, we came here and started this out of a Bible study, nobody else could really say you got to do this, that, and another. And we had had the privilege of growing up here and growing close and growing stronger in Christ and close to so many of you guys. And a lot of you, you know, a lot of you weren't even born 40 years ago, you know. So we're so thankful for all the folks that God has brought in to be a part. Uh, there was a, a song I was looking at and listening to, and I just want to read you the words of it. Have you ever heard of this lady? She's a great singer. Her name's Laura Story. Anyhow, let me just read you the the words of this song, it's called Blessings. And it says, we pray for blessings, we pray for peace, comfort for family, protection while we sleep. We pray for healing, for prosperity. We pray for your mighty hand to ease our suffering. And all the while you hear each spoken need, yet love is way too much to give us lesser things. Cause, what if your blessings come through raindrops? What if your healing comes through tears? What if a thousand sleepless nights are what it takes to know you're near? What if trials of this life are your mercies? And let me just say, mercies are the blessings of God. Or your mercies or blessings in disguise. Now, the blessings of God can come to us in such disguise. And only as time progresses, you know, that was a blessing. And we might have thought it was something really negative. We pray for wisdom, your voice to hear. We cry in anger when we cannot feel you near. We doubt your goodness. We doubt your love. As if Every promise from your word is not enough. All the while, you hear each desperate plea. 
and long that we'd have faith to believe. When friends betray us, when darkness seems to win, we know that pain reminds this heart that this is not our home. We're pilgrims passing through. What if my greatest disappointments or the aching of this life is the revealing of a greater thirst this world can't satisfy? What if trials of this life, the rain, the storm, the hardest nights are your blessings or your mercies in disguise? Do you think if God can send blessings to us, but at first we think, well, this, ain't, this can't possibly be good, and then it turns around and does become really good? Is that possible? Absolutely beyond a shadow of a doubt. Absolutely. It's really important that we recognize that there are keys. How many of y'all have more than one key? Now, I used to have a great big bundle of keys. They probably weighed about four pounds or something or another. But the reason I don't have that anymore is because some of these keys open like a dozen different doors. It's master keys, you know. But keys are pretty important. How many of y'all have a key of some kind? Get into your car, get in your house. What happens if you lose your key? Ah! Hey, Miracle, what happens when you lose your key? What happens when you lose your key for your truck? <laughs> but she has, because a guy has made us one of them little things that you can break into people's cars with, you know? But anyhow, there are keys that unlock the blessings of Almighty God. That's just the truth of it. <clears throat> Excuse me. Years ago, there was a geologist, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, by the name of Dr. Wilmy Williamson, who was doing some work in the country of Tanzania. And one day he found himself driving in a deserted area, slipping and sliding along uh, a rain-soaked road. And suddenly his four-wheel drive vehicle sank up to the axles in the mud and got stuck. Pulling out his shovel, <clears throat> how many of you have a shovel? About five of you guys? Now we know what to get you for Christmas now, okay. He says, pulling out his shuffle, Dr. Will, Williamson began the unpleasant task of digging out of the mud hole. And he had, he had been at, and after he had been at it for a while, when his shovel uncovered something strange, it was a pink like stone of some sort. Being a geologist and naturally curious about rock formations, he picked it up and wiped away the mud. And the more mud he removed, the more excited he became and could hardly believe what he saw. And when the stone was finally clean, Dr. William's son was beside himself with joy. He had discovered a diamond. Now, any diamond at all would be a surprise in that situation in that mud. But Dr. Wilmy, Williamson found that what became known as the famous pink 
diamond of Tanzania. That stone today sits in the royal scepter of Great Britain. And Dr. Will Williamson is famous around the world for his find. As accidental as it might have been. Think about that for a moment. Here he is stuck. What if blessings come through raindrops or mud holes? Here he goes. Have you ever really been thankful that you bogged your car down to the axle in mud? It's just absolutely amazing what had happened there. It's the most priceless diamond that he found digging the mud out so he could get his car back on the road. Isaiah 45 verse 3 it says, And I will give you treasures. And let me just qualify that. Treasures from God are blessings. And I will give you treasures hidden in the darkness. I'll give you treasures um, hidden in the mud when you get stuck. It says, I'll give you treasures hidden in the darkness, secret riches. Oh, think about that. You know, the Smith House in the Halonga, Georgia, has been sitting on a gold mine for more than a century. During renovation of the Landmark Hotel, that's what it was, back in February of 2006, workers discovered the entrance to a four-foot-wide hole under the concrete floor in the main dining room of this hotel. The hole goes straight down 19 feet to the entrance of a gold mine under the building. Captain Frank Hall built the house in 1884. As legend has it, the city would not permit Hall to dig for gold, and there was a gold rush in the area at that particular time. But they wouldn't let him dig for gold. They wouldn't permit that to happen on the property, partly because it was too close to the downtown square and partly because he was a Yankee, you know. This is down in Georgia, down in the south, you know. It would appear that he built the house to cover up his mining operation until his health failed and then he sold the land. We never would have known it if we hadn't chipped up the concrete, Chris Welch, the owner of the hotel, said. For many years, the owners have joked with their patrons that they were sitting on a gold mine. You know, this hotel, we're sitting on a gold mine here. You know, it kind of makes us wonder, doesn't it? Is it possible that you could be sitting on a treasure? Is it possible that you might be sitting on a gold mine or a diamond mine or you might have an oil well under your house? Is it possible? Anything's possible, you know. Is it possible that somebody who lived in that house before you did may have buried a treasure? Maybe worth hundreds of thousands of dollars, just buried it to keep it safe. Now, if you need to borrow one of my shovels to go home and see, well, you're welcome to take one, okay? But I want you to think about this for a moment. We know that has happened. I've read about stories like that quite often. But what treasure might there be, not a physical, but another kind of a treasure that would change our life? But we just might not know it's there. 
the blessings of Almighty God may be so close to each and every one of us, but we don't have a key or even know that we need a key to unlock that blessing. But I'm telling you this beyond a shadow of a doubt. This right here tells us about where to find the keys. And it tells us the combinations to the combination locks. Even though it was written many years ago, there are blessings that God wants to come upon your life that we probably just don't know about. And therefore, we don't even look for them. Let me read Isaiah 45, verse 3 again. It says, and I will give you treasures hidden in the darkness, or as I said before, in the mud, secret riches. Verse 3 says, I will do this so you may know that I am the Lord, the God of Israel, the one who calls you by name. And this is the truth of it. God knows you by name. He even knows your nickname. He knows what day you was born on. He knows everything about you. And he is crazy in love with you. He surely is beyond a shadow of a doubt. Psalms 31 verse 19 says, it's talking to God. Your goodness is so great. You know, it's like, you ever heard of Jackie Gleason? Okay, that means you're old like me, okay? Because we remember Jackie Gleason. And he would say, how sweet it is, you know? And that how was was a measurement. It's like, it is unmeasurable how sweet it is. I mean, it, you, you can't measure. And, and that's kind of what this word here is. So it's like an unmeasurable greatness. It says your goodness is so great. And, and talking about the almighty God, your goodness is so great. You have stored up. You have stored up, which means, um, you piled up. You have amassed this great big old mountain. Your goodness is so great. You have stored up great blessings for those who honor you. Those who honor you. Those who have a, a, a the, the, the fear of God. Those who have this awesome reverence. Have this awesome respect for the almighty God. For those who worship He says, your goodness is so great, you have stored up great blessings for those who honor you. Think about this for just a moment. How do you honor God? You honor him with your time, with your energy, your resources, your tithes, your offerings, your prayer, your your praise, your worship, your, your witnessing, your evangelism, everything. And let me just ask you a question. Do you intentionally honor God? And... You know, we honor our, our parents. We try to do so. And uh, did you know you can honor your parents even if they're already in heaven? It's just like, is your life, people come around and say, you know what? You sure honor your mama and daddy even if they're in heaven already by your lifestyle. And that's the way we honor Almighty God with our lifestyle and the things that we permit and the things that we don't permit, you know. But he says here, your goodness is so great. You have stored up great blessings for those who honor you. That's one of the keys that unlocks not just blessings, but great blessings. There are so great blessings 
that God has just amassed for the men and the women, just like you guys, the boys and the girls, who live a life that honors God. Are you honoring God? You're going to see more blessings come to you than you can ever possibly imagine because you, you've uh, discovered the key that unlocks all those blessings toward you. He goes on to say here, let me read that verse again. Your goodness is so great, exclamation mark. You have stored up great blessings for those who honor you. You have done so much for those men and women just like you. You have done so much for those who come to you for protection. Blessing them where? Before the watching world. Do you know if God blesses you? Not, not in secret. There's times when we are supposed to pray in secret. But God blesses you before the watching world. So they'll see the goodness of the almighty God and how he takes care of you. You know, God's blessings is not a secret. He wants everybody to know about them. But it takes a little bit of effort on our part to find the keys and, and to find out how to unlock the blessings of almighty God. Now, because the world's watching. Now, my mom, y'all remember what we talked about last, last week? Blessings. You remember the first song? I, I, I shared words with the song. It was just like, uh, I'm blessed, and I know that I am, since Jesus took control of my life. I'm blessed, and I know that I am, and he's promised me a new life. I'm blessed, and he walks with me, and he keeps me wherever I go. And if you should happen to ask me, well, how are you, my friend? You remember what we answered? I'm blessed, I'm blessed, I'm blessed. Well, my mom, she watched that service last week. Now, she lives a 1,000 miles from here. My mom is 89 years old, and she watched that service. You know, and then something happened during the night before morning came along, and my mom had gotten up during the night at 2 o'clock, you know, and, and she's a little bit feeble at times, and especially if you're walking around you know, in the night without all the lights on, and my mom, she had the munchies or something. She went, got her a little bite of something to eat. You know, there's the bathroom there, there's a bedroom down there. My mama's bedroom's over there. And she comes up to the hall, and here's the kitchen table. There's the refrigerator. There's the sink and the stove and all. And there's a little island over here. And she goes up, and she walks around, probably just checks the door. She comes around the island, and there's a china cabinet over here. It's a china cabinet that uh, she inherited from an uncle who passed on uh, many, many, many years ago. And she's a little waffly. Everybody is when they get up at 2 o'clock in the morning. And she stumbled a little bit and she hit the china cabinet. Now, you know all the glasses and china cabinets and all? I mean, she hit it enough, it could have broke it. You know, and that would have been dangerous, you know. But on top of the china cabinet was this great big old mirror thing probably weighed 50 or 75 pounds. It's a big old-timey mirror that sat up on there and leaned back against the wall. thing was nailed in there as well. This is a big china cabinet. It's a great big old punch bowl, a pair of glass punch bowl, all the little etched, you know, fancy glass that's been cut and all that stuff, and all these fancy little, uh, you know, punch cups are hanging all around that thing, and there's a couple of uh, kerosene lanterns up there full of kerosene, and they have these big old globes and off, anyhow, and other stuff. 
And anyhow, when she went through there and she hit that china cabinet, everything on top of the cabinet fell down. The mirror and my sister, you know, well, my mom, she hit it and she fell, but not all the way flat. She fell down. So I never was laying on the ground, but she, she got a rug burns on her knees. When she hit that, she got great big, two big bruises on her side. Really big bruises. Anyhow, my sister took her to the hospital at 2 o'clock in the morning. She only lives a mile from the hospital. And they x-rayed her and they checked her all out and sent her back home. You know, we're trying to figure out, Mom, what exactly happened? Because that mirror broke in hundreds of pieces and all these long shards of glass, they they broke this away, all of it broke that away. And it's like hundreds of knives and they went all over the house. And the punch bowl can be found in little bitty pieces all over the house, you know. And the kerosene lantern, the, the, the globes busted on them as they come down. But the lantern landed upright and the oil didn't spill out of it, you know. But there was glass and, and my sister had taken all these pictures. And it's like, it was like a hurricane hit the house, you know. This glass was everywhere and my mom didn't get hurt. And I said, well. How you doing, Mama? And she said, I'm blessed, I'm blessed, I'm blessed. And you know what? If you'll remember the verse out of the Message Bible, it was in Psalms, I think it was 34 we read last week. And we talked about, you know, the angels create a circle around you to protect you. And she's just absolutely convinced, as well as I am, that the angels of God watched her. All this glass, and I mean it's everywhere, you know. It's down, you know, 25 you know, foot away at the edge of the bathroom. It's on everything. My brother went and got a shop vac and came up there and vacuumed everything because of all the little pieces of glass. And that's after they already picked it all up. But what I'm telling you, the blessings of God, it makes a difference in your life. And you and I have the ability to access those blessings if we want to. Anyhow, God didn't prevent storms from reaching his servants. He preferred to be with David in the storms. It was better to be in danger with God than to be elsewhere without him. Jesus' disciples learned more when their boat was sinking on the Sea of Galilee than they ever learned on the shore. If Daniel had not been cast into the den of lions, he, he, you know, well, he would have missed out on God's power over those ravenous, you know, beasts, those lions and all. And when Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they were thrown into the fiery furnace, they discovered one thing, you know, that the leader of that nation said, he said, Who's out in the fire? You know, he looks like the son of God. And this one who looks like the son of God was awaiting Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. What a blessing to be preserved in a fireplace with the almighty God. And blessings were revealed through difficult times. So just because you got some difficulties going on in your life, don't mean that God is upset with you or mad at you, but... I'll tell you what, if you stay close to him and stay in his word, you'll discover his blessings. 
his blessings. I mean, where does the light shine the best? The darker it is, the lighter, the brighter the light shines. That's just the truth of it. We know that is true. Anyhow, Psalms 31, let me pick, we were reading verse 19. Let me read verse 20 to you now. And it says, you hide them, you hide them in the shelter of your presence, safe from those who conspire against them. You hide them in the shelter of your presence. I don't know if you remember this or not, but there was a song years ago. This goes, in your presence, in your presence, there is peace. In your presence, in your presence, there is joy. I will linger, I will stay in your presence day by day. Till your likeness may be seen in me. Living in the presence of God during a virus. And there's men and women who have lived in the presence of God during the bubonic plague or the civil war or the first war war or the second war and and all the other crazy things that have happened in this whole world. You can hide in the presence of God. Of Almighty God. If you want a book to read, I'd get a book called The Hiding Place. It was about Corey Tim Boom, who learned to hide in the presence of God, even in a prison concentration camp. And all the horrible things she went through, she learned to hide in the presence of the Almighty God. But he says, You hide them in the shelter of your presence, safe from those who conspire against them. You shelter them where? In your presence, far from accusing tongues. Psalms 91 verse 11, it says, For he shall give his angels charge over you to keep you. I mean, to guard you in all. uh, What percentage is all? He shall give his angels charge over you to keep you in all your ways. In their hands they shall bear you up, lest you dash your foot against the stone. You shall tread upon the lions and and cobra, the the young lion and the serpent, and you shall trample them underfoot. You're not going to be harmed. And I'm going to tell you something. There's been many times in your own life where you have been near to danger and you didn't even know it. You you know, God just kind of had an angel bump your car just kind of straightened out on that little ice. There's, oh man, that felt a little weird. And if it hadn't have been, if God's angel had to push it there, you would have spun around, went upside down, went down through the woods or something or another. You don't know how many times an angel, when I'm hiking through the woods at night, has just put his foot on a snake's head and just held him to the ground until I pass by, you know? You don't know how many times there might have been a mountain lion, a hungry mountain lion. And the angel said, you stay, stay. As we walked by, maybe there was one there this morning because we hiked up a pretty rugged trail in the dark, did we not? It was a little bit nifty out there. You don't know how many times you were close to fatality because of dangers and just the blessings of God. His presence and his angels protected you. You just don't know how many times that has taken place. 
Anyhow, it picks up here in verse 14. It says, uh, because he, David, because David has set his love upon me. That's what God was saying there. Because David has set his love upon me. Therefore, I will deliver him because he loves me. Have you set your love upon God? He sends his angels to take care of you because you set your love upon him. And I will set him on high because he has known my name. Now, God knows every name and how many hairs on you. But do you know, not historically, but do you know him? Do you know God? You can. And I'm going to tell you something. When you know him, that's a deal breaker. It really is. It, it, It changes everything. You know, not just who you know about, but who you really genuinely know. Listen to what it says, how it says that in the Message Bible in verse 14. It says, if you hold on to me, this is God's way. If you hold on to me for dear life, says who? Says God, I'll get you out of any. Now, what percentage is any? 100%. If you hold on to me for dear life, says God, I'll get you out of any any trouble I'll give you the best of care and if you'll only get to know and trust me not just know historically but if you'll get to know and trust God if you'll get he says I'll get you out of any trouble and I'll give you the best of care even during a, a virus or a pandemic if you only get to know and trust me verse 15 says and he shall call upon me David who's referring, and he shall call upon me, those who put their trust and, and, and learn to love. He says, he shall call upon me and I will answer him and I will be with him in trouble and I will deliver him and honor him with long life. I will satisfy him and show him my salvation. You know what? I want the blessings of God for our future. I'm talking about the future of today. And the future of tomorrow and this coming week and the rest of this year. And I want God's blessings for the future, the, the, the next year, 2021. What, what about you? you want, absolutely. We want the blessings of Almighty God, you know. Listen to what it says here in Psalms 119, verse 58. It says, with all my heart. What percentage was all again? With all, with 100% of my heart, with all my heart, I want your blessings. I don't want to just, well, toward the end, I'm going to kind of live just for me and do whatever I want to do. But right when it gets time for me to die, I, I, I want to be forgiven. I want to go to heaven. Is that good enough for you? <laughs> Let me tell you, you are missing out on the blessings and the relationship you can have with the almighty God. With all my heart, I want your blessings. I want more than just to go to end up in heaven one day. I want a relationship with the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. There was a fellow by the name of Rob Cutshaw and he was what you refer to as a rock hound and he owns a little roadside shop outside of Andrews, North Carolina. And like many in the trade, he hunts for rocks and then he sells them to collectors or jewelry makers. And he knows enough about rocks to decide which ones to pick up and to sell. But he is no expert. He leaves that appraising stuff, you know, to other people. 
As much as he enjoys the work, it doesn't always pay the bills. He occasionally moonlights, cutting firewood to help put food on the table. And while on a dig 20 years ago, Rob found a rock that he described as purdy and big. He tried unsuccessfully to sell this beautiful specimen. So he kept, no one wanted it, so he kept the rock in his closet. And he guessed that this blue chunk could bring as much as $500 for a rock, you know. But it was purdy. But he would have taken a lot less if something urgent had to come along like paying for his power bill. That's how close Rob came to hocking it for a few hundred dollars. What turned out to be the largest and most valuable sapphire ever found. The blue rock that Rob had abandoned to the darkness of his closet for two decades now known is now known as the Star of David Sapphire. It weighs nearly a pound and easily sells for $2.75 million. Think about this, you know. Oftentimes, we, we have no idea of the price of certain things. Oh, it's just a stone. You know, I might get a few hundred bucks for it maybe one day. You know, sometimes we don't understand the value of a relationship with Christ. Sometimes we don't understand the value of the blessings of God. And we think, well, a blessing is just kind of, you know, it's not that big of a do. You get blessed. Let me tell you something. The blessings of God is life and death. The blessings of God is heaven or hell. The blessings of God is your prayers being answered for your loved ones. The blessings of God come in so many shapes. The angels encamp around about us and they protect us. But here's a guy who had no clue of the value of what was in his house, close to him every day, but he never accessed it. But when he finally did, it was worth $2.75 million, a lot more valuable than he ever imagined. And the blessings of God and the relationship that you can have with him, he is out of this world. It's unbelievable. It's just priceless. Listen to what it says here in Hosea chapter 4, verse 6. It says, my people, they're being destroyed because they don't know me. The King James Bible says, my people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. Now, I saw one time this, uh, it was a camera that had been on a wall and it was in a bank and some guy came in there and he robbed the bank, you know, with a gun and he got all the money from the tellers there and then he went to flee, but the door was locked. And he banged on the door and he kicked the door. I think he even shot the door. And he kicked and stomped and begged and pleaded and punched and kicked and knocked and rammed it. Everything you can imagine. And he sat down on the floor with his hands up as the cops was coming for him. He didn't read the sign on the door. It says pull. <laughs> if he had a pulled instead of continually pushing at the thing, the door would open right up. My people perish for the lack of knowledge. We don't know the key that unlocks the blessings of Almighty God. The key always works. If, if, if the crook had pulled the door, he would have went free. <laughs> but he didn't know. He just didn't know. In the book of Matthew, chapter 5, verse 1, it's the greatest sermon that was ever preached by the greatest preacher you know, of all times. And who that was? 
Jesus. That was called the Sermon on the Mount. But it says in Matthew 5, 1, it says, When Jesus saw his ministry drawing huge crowds, he climbed a hillside. Maybe that's where I get the fact of climbing up a mountain from. It's just like he did it too, you know. He climbed a hillside and those who were apprenticed to him, they committed, they climbed with him. Arriving at a quiet place and he sat down and he taught his climbing companions. This is what he said. Are you ready for a secret? He says, you are blessed. You are what? You are blessed. Let's say it again. You are blessed. You are blessed when you're at the end of your rope. Have you ever felt like you was at the end of your rope? Did you really feel blessed? Lots of times people talk about, well, I'm at the end of my rope, you know, and I'm just going to have to tie a knot so it don't slip through my hands and I'm just going to hang on. And that's a figure eight knot there. I'm just going to hang on, but I'm going to tell you, you can't hang on to that knot for too long, but you can hang on to Jesus. And Jesus said, he said, here, you're saying, I'm at the end of my rope with my husband or with my wife. We're at the end of our rope of our finances or with our kids or with our health. We're just at the end of our rope. Jesus said, you're blessed when you're at the end of your rope. You go, see, because I'm telling you the supernatural is in operation. It's completely different than the natural things that you, 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 you gauge your, your life by normally. This is supernatural. And he says, you're blessed when you're at the end of your rope. With less of you, there is more of God and his rule. When you can't depend upon you to get you out of this mess, what are we going to do? Oh, God, please help me. Sometimes we only go to God when we can't figure nothing else on our own. That's what happens quite often, you know. Let me read uh, verse 3 to you out of the New Living Translation. It says, God blesses those who realize their need for him. God blesses those. When you realize, I need God in my life, he says, God blesses those who realize their need for him. For the kingdom of heaven is given to them. And the kingdom is unlocked. And all the blessings that are locked up in the kingdom of heaven are released to those who realize their need for him. I'm at the end of my rope. And if you don't help me, oh God, there is no help to be had. And I'm going to tell you, there's always help to be had from almighty God. Do you realize that you need God? You're blessed if you do. Verse 4, it says, you're blessed. And this is what Jesus is teaching all of those who are following him up on the, the mountain there. He says, you're blessed when you feel you've lost what is most dear to you. Only then can you be embraced by the one most dear to you. And his name's Jesus. You're blessed when you're content with just what you are, who you are. No more, no less. That's the moment you find yourself Proud owners of everything. What percentage is everything? 
You're blessed when you're content with just who you are, no more, no less. That's the moment you find yourself proud owners of everything, 100% of everything that you can't, that can't be bought. And there's a lot of valuable things in this world. The most valuable, you can't pay for them with dollars and cents. You just can't. Verse 6 says, you're blessed when you've worked up a good appetite for God. Are you hungry for God yet? You're blessed when you've worked up a good appetite for God. He's food and drink and the best meal you'll ever eat. Verse 7 says, you're blessed when you care. At the moment of being careful, you find yourself cared for. Verse 8 says, you're blessed when you get your inside world, your mind and heart put right. When you get these things right in right relationship with God, you are blessed. <laughs> then you can see God in the outside world that you never really saw him there before. Verse 9 says, you're blessed when you can show people how to cooperate instead of to compete or fight. That's when you discover who you really are and your place in God's family. Verse 10, you're blessed when your commitment to God provokes persecution. What are you talking about? Your commitment to God, you're one of them Christians. Get out of here. Now, I don't know if you've ever done this, but I've been at restaurants with people. Susan and I have been with other folks, and we're talking about the things of God, and we've had people at another table said, would y'all just shut up? They didn't want to hear about Jesus. You say, no, I didn't really. Yes, it really happened. The Bible says you're, you're blessed when you're persecuted because of your commitment to Christ. People recognize, you know, this, this Jesus, and why is that? Uh, let, me, let me explain this to you. You know, if, if people are intentionally living without Christ and they're doing all kinds of evil things in the dark and you happen to come over there in the dark and they're doing wicked things in the dark and you do this, what are they going to say? Turn that light off! Get that light off of me! <laughs> right? Because you're exposing that. The thing is that you may not know is that the light of Christ shines throughout our life. When you're really committed to Christ and you care about people and you pray about people and you pray for them and you help people, what happens is a lot of people just don't like that light. Well, we see that in our world. We see that in our political world. I have never seen such political evil going on ever in my lifetime. It's just like, you know, there's, there's just hatred in, in the whole political system in this day and time. Anyhow, what verse was I on? Ten? Okay. You're blessed when your commitment to God provokes persecution. The persecution drives you even deeper into God's kingdom. When people go, I wish you would just hush. I wish you would just stop that. And persecution comes and says it drives us deeper into God's kingdom. Deeper into the blessings of almighty God is what he's telling us right there. Oh, wow. It's amazing. Not only that, but count yourselves blessed every time. Now, what percentage is every? 
Not only that, but count yourselves blessed every 100% of the time people put you down. Anybody ever put you down? Consider yourself blessed. Well, it don't feel so blessed. Well, it don't feel that way, but God says you're blessed. Every time people put you down or throw you out or speak lies about you to discredit me, God says, when they do that to try to discredit me, ho, 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 you are so blessed every time. When they're being negative toward you and they're putting you down and, and they're speaking against you and they're throwing you out, what it means is that the truth is too close for comfort. And they are uncomfortable because your presence turns a light on. Turn that light off. Get away from me. Get away from me. Get away from me. Because they know what they're doing is wrong. And just your presence, not that you said a word to them necessarily, just your presence, the presence of Christ that you take with you, it convicts them, convicts them terribly. Verse 12 says, you can be glad when that happens, when you're persecuted. Give a cheer. When you're pers- give a cheer even. For though they don't like it, who, who's talking here? Jesus, he said, I do. He likes it. When you've been persecuted because you are acting like him. And all heaven applauds. And know that you are in good company. My prophets and witnesses have always gotten into this kind of trouble. What are you talking about? They've gotten into some persecution because they let the light in them. And that's one of the keys that unlocks the door. Is just simply say, well, well, what would Jesus do and then do it? Regards to the consequences, when you live like Jesus, you're loving and, and, and you're caring and the light of Christ shines out through you. That's what I'm talking about. Matthew 6 verse 33 says, and he will give you all you need. And this is in the New Living Translation, the original version. says, and he will give you all you need day to day if you live for him and make the kingdom of God your primary concern. Is living for Jesus and living for his kingdom, is it your primary concern? When it's the most important thing, when you seek him first, all these blessings Come looking for you. And if I'm not mistaken, we sang this song a little bit ago, but it comes out of 23rd Psalm. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And you're going to slow down and they're going to catch up with you. Every time you sit down, every time you're in your car, every time you go to sleep, goodness and mercy is following you. They catch up with you. They just bring the blessings of almighty God And they just dump them out all over you. He says here in uh, Deuteronomy 28 verse 1, it says, If you halfway obey, wait a minute, what's that saying? Oh, if you fully obey, and you got to understand, obedience to God, it's a choice. You don't have to. But you know, we always make choices. Someone can say, hey, well, what would you like to eat? You know, would you like some pasta would you like a hamburger? Would you like a pork chop? Would you like a BLT? Would you like... I don't want anything. I'm not going to choose. Not to choose is to choose. Hey, would you like to know Jesus as your Savior and let him forgive your sin? Well, I'm not making no choice about that. Not to make a choice for Jesus is to make a choice and reject him. You know what I'm saying? If you fully obey the Lord your God by keeping all the commands I am giving you today, the Lord your God will exalt you above 
all, 100%, the nations of the world. You will experience all, 100%, these blessings if you obey the Lord your God. What do you have to do to experience all the blessings of God? Obey the Lord your God. You will be blessed in your towns and in the country. You will be blessed, verse 4 says, with many children and productive fields and you will be blessed with fertile herds and flocks. Verse 5, you will be blessed with baskets overflowing with fruit and with and with kneading bowls filled with bread. You will be blessed wherever you go, both in coming and in going. If, if you disobey the Lord your God, that's all he's saying there. Verse 7 says, the Lord will conquer your enemies, you're not going to have to. The Lord will conquer your enemies. And when they attack you, they will attack you from one direction, but they will scatter from you. How? In seven directions. You know, uh, they're going to attack you, but God just goes, Poosh, and they go fleeing in every direction to get away from his angels who are protecting you and all such things as that. Verse eight says, the Lord will bless. What's that word? What percentage is that? The Lord will bless everything you do and will fill your storehouses with grain. The Lord your God will bless you in the land he has given you if you obey. And it is a choice. Obey God or not obey God. If you obey the commands of the Lord your God and walk in his ways, the Lord will establish you as his holy people as he solemnly promised to do. Then all, 100%, then all the nations of the world will see that you are a people claimed by the Lord. God considers you his own. Then all the nations of the world will see you and they'll understand that you are a people claimed by the Lord and they will stand in awe of you. You're blessed. Verse 11 says the Lord will give you and abundance of good things in the land. He swore to give your ancestors many children, numerous livestock, abundant crops. The Lord will send rain. Here's the, here's the, the catch to this. At the proper time. Because if the rain comes at not the proper time, he can wash all your topsoil away. It can create a flood. But when it comes at the proper time, it refreshes you and it waters the crops that the farmers need to produce food for us. It's very important when the rain comes. And that's what he says right here. The Lord will send rain at the proper time from his rich treasury in the heavens to bless. What? All, 100% all the work that you do. And you will lend to many nations, but you will never need to borrow from them. If you listen to these commands of the Lord your God and carefully do what? Obey them and obey an almighty God. That's just going to be your choice. That's going to be my choice. It's going to be your choice whether you obey God's word. And here's where you find all the keys and all the combinations to the locks. You know, and, and, and if you choose to obey him, oh man, it, it, it just changes everything. Everything. What verse was that? What's that? If you listen to these commands of the Lord your God and carefully obey them, the Lord will make you the head and not the tail. How many would you would rather be the head? How, how many would you really would rather be the rear end? If, even if I was thinking 
people go to costume parties and they come in as like a horse or something. And the guy who's in the head up there, he likes his position, but the guy is back there grabbing a hold of your rear end so he can act like he's the rear end of the horse. He don't really like that position too much. Wouldn't you rather be the head instead of the tail? I think so. And he says here, if I can find it, verse 15, uh, 13, if you listen to the commands of the Lord your God and carefully obey them, the Lord will make you the head and not the tail. And you will always, always, what percentage is that? It's important to know. 100%. And you will always have the upper hand in every deal, in every situation. You're going to have the upper hand. Always have the upper hand. Would you rather have the upper hand or would you rather be the butt of every joke? Would you always like to be failing and falling or would you rather have the upper hand? He says, "You will, if you obey the, the Lord your God, you're going to be the head and not the tail and you will always have the upper hand. <laughs> John, no, let me see here. Oh, Psalms, I had to delete a lot of this stuff because our time is getting away from us. Psalms 84 verse 11, it says, no good thing will the Lord withhold from those who do what is right. The blessings of God are the result of obedience, of doing what is right. No good thing will the Lord withhold from those who do what is right. Jeremiah 5, 25 says, your sin, your wickedness has deprived you of these wonderful blessings. You, you live in a sinful life, don't nobody know about it but you. You know, but you, I wonder how come the blessings of God is not coming to me like they are coming to so-and-so. Your wickedness has deprived you of these wonderful blessings. Your sin has robbed you of all these good things. That's the key to unlocking the blessings of God. I, I'm going to just turn away from living a wicked life and a sinful life, I'm just going to live like Jesus. Proverbs 13, 31 says, trouble chases who? Sinners, while blessings chase the righteous. That means those who are in right relationship with God. I'm almost done here. Psalms 32, verse one says, blessed is the person whose disobedience is forgiven and whose sin is pardoned. That means even though you've been wicked and even though you've sinned, the Bible says in 1 John 1 9, it says, if you confess your sins to him, he's faithful and just to forgive you and to cleanse you from every wrong. So we need to go to God and acknowledge that, yeah, hey, I was living a wicked, a sinful life. And he'll forgive you. He ain't going to hold it against you. Blessed is the person whose disobedience has been forgiven. Have you been forgiven? Do you know that you've received the forgiveness of Almighty God, whose sin has been pardoned? There's an old story told in 1799, when a 12-year-old boy named Conrad Reed, he skipped church and he went fishing in Little Meadow Creek on the family farm near Fayetteville, North Carolina. In an attempt to spear a fish, young Conrad missed, but his spear struck an interesting-looking rock, which he carried at home. And the rock rested out on the front porch until one day when the, the boy's father, John, he went into Fayetteville and he took the rock along to show it to a jeweler. And the jeweler recognized the 17-pound rock, 17-pound rock, as one of the largest gold nuggets he'd ever seen. And he offered the man to buy it. 
He offered to buy it from John Reed for whatever price he wanted. He didn't give him right. He said, whatever you want for the rock, just tell me and I'll pay it. John Reed, thinking it was only a pretty rock, sold the rock for what was then a week's wages, $3.50. This is back in 1799. One-tenth of one percent of the real value. John Reed soon learned that he had made an unthinkable mistake, but after that, though, farming was their main focus. But in their spare time, they began to mine for gold in the creek that ran through their farm and in the end became quite wealthy. They discovered a 28-pound gold nugget the same year, and you can still, if you want to, you can still go and pan for gold today at the, the Reed Gold Mine. And that's down close to Fayetteville, North Carolina, if you want to go down there. While we may think the Fayetteville jeweler was a crook and a cheat, he knew treasure when he saw it. And he had to have it. What about you? Do you recognize the blessings of God as a valuable treasure and you just got to have it? Or eh, it don't matter, it don't make no difference, you know? Anyhow, if you remember Esau, and what was Esau's brother's name? Jacob. And you know when dad was getting ready to pass on into heaven, dad called Esau in there. But let me back up a little bit. Esau was a hunter and he was more of the out, outdoorsy kind of guy. And Jacob was in the kitchen learning how to do all the things in the kitchen. And Esau came in. He hadn't got any game enough. And his brother was making a big old pot of beans. And he said, hey, give me some of them beans. And he said, Jacob said to him, he says, you give me your birthright. Give me the blessings that come with your birthright because you was born before me. Although they were twins, you came out first and just give me your birthright. And Esau said, what difference does a birthright make? I'm going to die if I don't get something to eat in a few minutes here. Take my birthright. Take the blessings. I don't care. But then he got the blessings. He valued them. And we look at him as a sneak. But do you value the blessings of Almighty God? Do you learn about the blessings and the keys and the combinations that unlock those for you and for your family and for your loved ones? Do you learn how to pray and receive the blessings of God into your life? Esau, he didn't recognize their value. Like John Reed didn't recognize the value of that gold nugget his son found. But I'm going to tell you something, he did. He learned really quick how to identify gold. And he learned really quick the value of those stones that looked like that. What about you? Have you learned the value of a relationship with Christ? Have you learned the value that comes with the blessings of Almighty God and how to unlock them so they'll flow to you. It says in Deuteronomy chapter 30, verse 19, today, God says, today I have given you the choice, and it is your choice. Today I have given you the choice between life and death, between blessings and curses. Think about it. God says, I've given you a choice between life and death, between blessings, that's what we're studying about, and curses. And I call on heaven. It is a choice. I call on heaven and earth to witness the choice that you make. 
Heaven and earth and all the angels are watching the choice that you are making. Nobody else may know, but heaven and earth knows all about it. Oh, that you would choose what? Life. And that includes the blessings of Almighty God. That you and your descendants, that's your children, they may live. Verse 20 says, choose to love the Lord your God and to obey him. That unlocks the blessings of Almighty God. Choose to love the Lord your God and obey him and commit yourself to him. For he is your, what does it say? He is your life. He is your life and all the blessings. I'm going to tell you what, you can forfeit everything on this old earth right here. But as long as you got the blesser, you got all the blessings. What's your relationship like with him? Listen to this verse, Jude 1. It's only one chapter there. Verse 21, it says, live in such a way that God's love can bless you. Are you living your life in such a way that God's love can bless you? Or are you living your life in such a way that it don't unlock the blessings towards you? It's kind of a selfish life. But it says that in Jude, Jude 1, 21, live in such a way that God's love can bless you. John chapter 20, verse 29 says, and then Jesus told him, he was talking to Thomas, and he says, you believe because you have seen me, Jesus said, but blessed are those who haven't seen me and they believe anyhow. Now, I haven't seen him, but I believe anyhow, and I've got another blessing coming my way. And I venture to say, both of you are in the same category. You've not really seen him face to face and sat down with a cup of coffee or hot chocolate or whatever he would have with you, you couldn't actually physically touch him. You know, you might have had a vision of him or something or another. But, but Jesus says, then Jesus told him, he says, you believe because you've seen me. Blessed are those who haven't seen me and they believe anyway. Last verse. Jeremiah 17. Verse 7, it says, but blessed are those who trust in the Lord. Do you really trust him? Even during a virus or a pandemic, or even when jobs and money and houses and homes and all those kinds of things are a little insecure. But blessed are those who trust in the Lord and have made the Lord their hope. Hope means a confident expectation for the future. Blessed are those who trust in the Lord and have made the Lord their hope and confidence. Verse 8. They are like, this is the the men and the women who are blessed because they trust in the Lord. They are like trees planted along a riverbank with roots that reach deep into the water. Such trees are not bothered by heat or worried by coronavirus. It don't actually say that, but it includes that. Such trees are not bothered by the heat or worried by long months of drought. Their leaves stay green. Why do they stay green? Because they're planted beside the river and their roots go down into the water. Just like a grapevine, it just sucks up the nutrients from the soil into the vine and it goes into the branches and produces all this fruit. He says, they are like trees. That's you and me. If we're trusting in, in, in Christ and his blessings are guaranteed to us, they are like trees planted along a riverbank with roots that reach deep into the water. Such trees are not bothered by the heat or worried by long months of drought. Their leaves stay green and they go right on producing delicious fruit. You will be fruitful all the days of your life. 
You know what? I might check into my mansion before the day is over. That is very possible. But I'm going to tell you, I have a lot of pastors asking me, when are you going to retire, man? I don't know. I'll let you know. I'll let you know. Why? Because I love Jesus. And I believe the only reason he's got me here is to preach the gospel and share the good things with men and women who don't know Christ as of yet and help make disciples of men. What do you, you think? Do you think God has a purpose for you being here more than just making a check and paying your bills and eating and sleeping? Do you think God has a purpose for you? Yes. Absolutely he does. To nudge other people a little bit closer to Jesus. To nudge them a little bit closer to Jesus. To tell them what Jesus has done for you. Pray for them in their times of need. Every one of us are here for more than just making a dollar so we can buy some food and eat it and then go to sleep and wake up and start it all over again tomorrow. There's a purpose. And God blesses the men and women, the boys and the girls, when they let their roots run down deep into the fountain of living water by the river of life and you're soaking up the nutrients. And when he's done with us, I'm going to tell you what I'm going to do. Y'all know what I'm going to do? I'm going to kick off my shoes and I'm going to slide down in the streets of gold on my socked feet. And I ain't going to cry about it. I'm going to go, I got here before you did. Ha, 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 ha. And you think I'm teasing, but I'm not teasing. I love him and I know him. And I'm looking forward to seeing him face to face. I am. But until he calls me home, we got to be busy doing what he called us to do. Because there's a lot of people who don't know him and they don't have the confidence that you do. They don't know they're forgiven and they don't know they're pardoned and they're living in darkness with anxiety and fears and worries. It just, just overwhelms them. They don't know. But you know what? We can just open, open one of the passages right here that unlocks the blessings of God. It might be a simple one like John three sixteen, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever believes in him would not perish, but have everlasting life. That's in heaven throughout all eternity. There are so many treasures, so many blessings that are right here so many people don't know about, but we have discovered them. So let us share them. Well, before we send you out, in just a couple minutes, you'll be on your way out the door here. But I would like to pray for those of you who know Christ would you reaffirm your faith with me right now, who is in this room and those who are watching online? And thank you for being with us here today. But if you know him, would you reaffirm your faith in Christ? But if you've drifted away from Christ, or maybe you've never even declared your faith in him ever before, you didn't know how, but would you declare your faith in him today and let him come into your life and he'll bring about the change that you and I can't do on our own. And he'll give you peace in your faith and you'll begin to read his word and Hopefully get involved in a church somewhere so you can grow in your relationship with him. But would you pray with me right now? And then would you come on up here with me, Susan? Because then we're going to pray for, for our, our group before they depart. Would you pray with me? Dear Heavenly Father, I believe that you love me. I believe that you love me. And that's why you sent your son Jesus. And that's why you sent your son Jesus. I believe he gave his life for me. I believe he gave his life for me. To wash my sins away. To wash my sins away. I believe that Jesus rose from the dead. I believe that Jesus rose from the dead. 
and that he's knocking at the door of my heart. And he's knocking at the door of my heart. And I open wide that door. And I open wide that door. And I welcome Jesus. And I welcome Jesus. As my Savior. As my Savior. As my Lord. As my Lord. As my soon coming King. And as my soon coming King. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. 